everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon. I'm wishing you all a very good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening, whenever or wherever you tune into the podcast from. Um, on today's podcast, we welcome Joss Ford. Joss is the CEO of Enviral and is on the show today to um, kick off the discussion um, about sustainability within festivals, but more specifically about the way that festivals and events communicate their own messages of sustainability to their own customers. Joss, welcome along to the show. Thank you very much. How are you getting on? Not too bad at all. I suppose before we really look at the subject today, um, we should really put into context um, what you guys uh, do as, as a business, as an organisation. So first of all, let's start by telling us a little bit about Enviral. Yeah, cool. Well, firstly, yeah, just want to thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to speak, James. Um, Enviral is a uh, brand marketing and social media agency. Um, uh, based out of Bristol in the UK and uh, basically how organizations tell their social and environmental stories. Um, so yeah, we specialize in social media communications um, and we help brands kind of really understand and evolve their company purpose. Mm -hmm. And uh, although we're kind of a, a small uh, young agency, um, we have you know, quite a, a large network and span various different uh, industries, uh, kind of Kind of at the moment, we've got a specific focus in the drinks world and in the kind of uh, fashion world. Uh, but my personal background has been in events. Um, so, yeah, I used to do uh, brand management at music festivals uh, for, for a an energy drink, which is known for giving people wings. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I, uh, I ran the marketing for a hospitality company um, out in the uh, the French Alps of all places for for a few years, um, sure. which also had a, a small music venue. Um, and uh, I co-run a, a club night in, in London. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the moment, we don't actually work directly with festivals, but we're keeping a really close eye on the festival world and the events world in general. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to kind of dissect how their operations and communications can have a, a truly positive impact on, on individuals, businesses, and other industries in general. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, hopefully we're gonna talk all things sustainability, marketing and communications. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've got to ask my favorite topic right now, um, which I always ask around a pub, pub table, but James, what, what is your favorite festival? And what was your favorite festival experience and why? Okay, my favorite festival experience was probably, I'll tell you what it was. Okay, I'm gonna be honest about this. It was my most recent festival experience. Okay, what was that? And it was, and it was Carfest last oh, year. Nice. Simply because I have a wife, I have two young sons who are 15 and 12 years old. And I just felt that as an event, it was, it's, it's pitched as a family event. Yeah. It's something that you go along to with the kids and there is something for everybody. And it genuinely delivered on everything that it said it was going to deliver on. Yeah, I think Chris, Chris Evans is a big advocate for that, isn't he? Like just really pushing. Advocate. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think, you know, as something, you know, you, you hear the, the words family friendly can strike fear into the hearts of parents. <laughs> and, and, and anything that's built as family friendly you enter into with a little bit of, of sometimes cynicism sometimes trepidation yeah but if something it, it, when something actually delivers on what it said it's going to deliver on which it did i have to say you come away with uh, a, a better experience than the one that you could have hoped for mm. um, 
And so as a festival experience, that, that was great for me. Um, I have a number of highlights where I've been lucky enough to see some certain bands and um, see certain things take place at certain festivals. But as an overall experience, that's the most recent one. And that's the one that I would reference in answer to that Yeah, question. nice, nice. Yeah, I think, that, I think the reason why I say that is just, you know, when you are at a music festival specifically, and, and events in general, but music festivals specifically, I think that when you're like truly relaxed, when you're truly feeling inspired and, and creative is when, um, when you really have those lasting memories. And, and on that kind of basis, I think um, festivals and festival organizers in general have the opportunity to really get the ear and attention of people. Mm. And if they can do that for, for positive good, um, then, you know, as, as an industry, it can really affect um, individuals on the kind of 360 other days of the year. Yeah. Um, and, and although you might be, um, you know, eight cans of warm cider deep in a uh, muddy English field, it can actually completely change your mindset. Um, and that's why we're really interested with the, with the, with the music festival space. You know, I'm, I'm a festival uh, girl myself and, and, uh, and our team are, are big into uh, kind of getting out of the office and, and ha having that as the kind of let the hair down. Sure. Um, and, uh, but you know, then relating that back to, to actual positive impact, it can be really interesting. Yeah, and, and, and when we're moving on, on, on to the idea of, of, of communicating sustainability yeah. and, and communicating what any given festival or event is doing uh, in order to, to make themselves sustainable and, and greener and environmentally friendly and all of these sort of buzzwords, to be sort of cynical for a second, they, 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 a lot of them have become buzzwords within the industry. And, and that very much leads us on to something that we're going to be talking about today, which is that it's fair to say that most events, festivals, call it what you will, will have one eye on sustainability now. They will want to watch their single-use plastic bottles. Yeah. They will want to watch how much litter is being left there, how they are cleaning up any sort of particular greenfield site. So they will have a number of green or sustainability boxes that they want to, to tick, which they understand are important to do so, but they also understand, I suppose, that customers are, pay, are placing a really big focus on there now. Mm. Consumers are demanding and they demand a certain standard. They demand certain boxes be ticked by these organizers. Um, and, and one of the things that we want to talk to you about today, Joss, is, is how an event communicates what they are doing by way of sustainability to their customers without making it look like they are simply doing it as a political box ticking exercise um, because consumers i think w w we need to recognize that they are quite savvy nowadays aren't they they, they can they can see through um not dishonest marketing but um <laughs> uh what may be the word uh well i mean it is it is greenwash and yeah, and greenwash. and like if I think the best the best example at the moment is obviously uh, getting quite a lot of hype at the moment is is the old fire festival um, yeah. story which right this is who we are this is what we do on a daily basis what we believe this is our purpose and and you can live this lifestyle as well and they get everybody behind it through let's be honest some amazing marketing um, uh, spanning from great video to to the use of of modern influence marketing on social media. Um, but they weren't being able to deliver it. And as soon as um, uh, they go and say they're going to do all of these things and they don't do it, let's look at the backlash that happens, right? Yeah. And so, okay, that's a, that's a uh, pretty 
um, extreme case. It is, and when you're being mocked in the opening speech of the Oscars <laughs> yeah, for, exactly. for your food offering, you know that you've, you've dropped all massively. Exactly, exactly. But then, you know, if you kind of um, uh, dig deep into maybe smaller events, different festivals, and they say they're going to do it, but they could mask it quite easily, then, you know, who is, is really um, uh, kind of demonstrating that it's actually happening? And that's where I think it, it, it's, it's where the, the industry in general is kind of perhaps lacking. And unfortunately, there are some brilliant festivals out there which are completely pioneering, pioneering the way, saying, like, this is what we do. This is how much waste we've used. This is what we're doing about it. This is the progress we're making year on year. And then they're um, communicating it out to uh, festival goers and, and traders as well. Mm. And, um, and if they do that, then, you know, both festival goers and, and traders can demand that from the other events that they go to. And, and, and that's where I think, um, you know, in, in all industries, when um, brands, they, they do pioneer the nature of sustainability, it has to lift um, uh, the, the, the competition around them. And, you know, you, you look at it as competitive advantage and, and that's why sustainability and marketing kind of works yeah. uh, because, you know, you're doing this, you're getting a lot of attention for it. People are wanting to interact with your brand um, and they're wanting to spend more um, to, to interact with that brand. But the great thing is, is that because they're doing that, the other competitors have to raise their standards. And, um, and that's great, you know, it's great to see that. And it's great to also see that there's governing bodies who are demanding that through the, through the whole industry now. Just picking up on a, on a point that you made when you, when you were referencing the extreme circumstance of a fire festival <laughs> and the idea that if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it because if you don't, that's going to have a massive backlash on you. And that is the absolute extreme. But when it comes to sustainability, a lot of the um, a lot of the processes and a lot of the uh, methods and and practices that events and festivals will put into place will often actually go unseen by their yeah. customers when it comes to sustainability. So that's where it's key for them to really have the right strategy to communicate what they've done because often the good work and what they've drawn up as a strategy will be completely unseen by their sure. customers. And that's it. And and I think um, you know if we if we fold. Uh, back kind of 20, 30 years, and we look at global warming and, and sustainability in general, it's had a really bad brand image, right? It's, you know, it was kind of 70s academics and, 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 and uh, the smelly hippies who were advocating, <laughs> look, like guys, like this is one planet and, and we've got to look after it. And the middle ground wasn't really infused by that because it's, you know, you've got like real kind of scientific um, uh, kind of communications going out, um, which let's be honest, a lot of people don't read. And then you've got this kind of more hippie, um, you know, uh, let's, let's completely not use anything and, and let's just, let's kind of just eat um, uh, flowers and make sure that the, the footprint on this planet from individuals doesn't happen at all. But in the modern world that we're in, that both of those don't really connect. And, and this is um, uh, a, a kind of space where I think festivals have had to um, be quite careful about and, and you know, the, the nature of um, festivals is often kind of like freedom and, and, and love and peace. And, and sometimes if you're going to communicate a serious issue, that's quite hard to communicate within that brand, you know? Um, but now 
with creativity and uh, uh, being dominating on, on visual platforms like Instagram and in video, and it's got to be creative and, and um, uh, to, to get the ear of people um, and the eye of people, that's where I see a lot of festivals benefiting. Mm. And, and so what I mean by that is, is using clever video, using infographics, um, uh, using influencers to spread a, a true word. And um, if you can get festivals to get multiple stakeholders on board, um, let's, let's look at um, uh, Shambhala, for example. They make traders have to go through a, a level of kind of qualification that you know, they are a vegetarian festival. They're doing that for ethical reasons and they're doing it for the environment. They uh, make traders go through a day course where they not only educate them about what the values of the, of the sustainability values of the festival are, but how they as businesses can be better mm -hmm. and and i think that's really really interesting um, and and off the back of the, the communication side of things um uh you've then got all of these traders around a festival being your word you know they are sure. they are communicating your values physically one-on-one -on -one, as well as um uh you know the videos the the the, the sections within websites which are there to show that they are doing it because if it's online now, um, it's not going anywhere. Like <laughs> yeah. you say that you're going to do it and, and you put it on a website, you know, you've got to live up to that hype. Um, but then, you know, on the, on the drop down levels, you've got all of these aspects of getting people to go and spread the word um, verbally. And, and I think that, that that's really where we um, as, as a company um, in viral really kind of uh, understand what both brands and consumers really want and how they can merge and how they can communicate well is that word of mouth is king, right? And, and if you can tell a story, stories get the attention of people. And if you can tell a story, those stories can be retold by people. And, and digitally, you know, you just got the one button, hit share, and then suddenly, as if you've got a load of people hitting share, you've got that opportunity for that kind of uh, mini virality factor mm. and that's where a message can really be spread um, really well um, and, that, and that's that's why I, I see there's some organizations who are doing it really really well there are organizations on the other hand who also need to step up their game <laughs> absolutely do, do, do you think that the subject of sustainability within the festival industry changed and went through what I suppose would be peaks and troughs due to the change in demographic of audiences because when you talk about and to put this in the sort of the most politically correct way you know the the older style festival goer from 30 40 years ago you know the hippie peace and love yeah. um you know the, the the type of people that you would associate 30 or 40 years ago with going to a music festival in a field for three days you know in 15 years ago that changed massively didn't it yeah. demographic changed they became more corporate they became more accessible to people who may not have considered going to a greenfield location for three mm -hmm. days to watch their favorite bands and as that demographic changed so did the attitude towards um sustainability from the event organizers themselves and they've perhaps had to play play catch up and reflect back on what may have been a few years where they really did took their eye, take their eye off the ball yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, if you look at if you look at demographics and the the kind of um, 
the demanding nature of, of specific demographics to want to interact with brands who, who are doing good for people on the planet, mm -hmm. then um, uh, yeah, you've, you've got the, you've got millions of stats out there saying that millennials and, and, and Gen Z, um, they demand it from brands and they want to interlink with brands. But I would say that realistically, there's been a level of common sense that's also kind of unraveled. And yes, people are demanding it, but a festival um, is, is uh, a business which needs to run for a long amount of time to make money. And if you're going to not do things in a way which people are going to question that mm -hmm. they're, they're going to an event and it's actually kind of just great because we've got, we've got great music, we've got great lineups, we've got great experiences, but like, just like look at the amount of plastic cups that were in that field at the end, or, um, uh, you know, look at the amount of cars that are parked in a car park outside the festival gates. Sure. You're going to start having this like mindset change being like, well, actually like, do I want to interact with that festival? And that's why, you know, you have these pioneering festivals who are really pushing for it, who are making everyone step up the game. But, you know, from a common sense perspective, let's look at it like car sharing, great for the planet, but like, you know, why, why would you want to go in four different cars if you've got your four mates who you're camping with, right? Like, yeah. And by increasing um, car park prices, by promoting a cheaper alternative to go on, on the likes of Big Green Bus in the UK, um, by promoting the fact that 80% of uh, music festivals, carbon emissions from the, from, from the four days are... are um, in the travel often to certain locations and you know, we've got to we've got to kind of be aware that for a great festival to happen often it is in in the depths of country in, in depths of the countryside or in, yeah. in unique locations and for those unique locations to exist sometimes they are in the middle of nowhere um, but uh, you know it's it's people are paying kind of 200 odd pounds to go to festivals um, for them to all drive in separate vehicles, it can be pretty expensive, right? Yeah, yeah. There is that common sense level that's come into it, which is just like, okay, well, let's let's promote that you should be going using an alternative um, uh, uh, kind of mode of transport, or or making sure that like, you know, don't chuck your tent away at the end of the end of the festival because you might have another event at, at, this summer, even if it's kind of uh, covered in glitter and um, yeah, like pretty muddy don't chuck it away because actually tents cost quite a lot of money. And, um, you know, do you really want to spend that money again in, in three weeks time to go to your next event? Sure. Um, and by actually promoting that and showing that it's like a common sense perspective, you can often be like, Oh yeah, like, um, maybe I will just pack my tent down this time. Or maybe I will just, yeah. Start a WhatsApp group with some people to, to join forces to drive to an event. And that's, and that's pretty cool. So I think that level of common sense is also part of the demanding aspect. Sure. I, I, how would how would you um, address or work with a, a festival if, if it, it, with all yeah. that that you've just said there and and and, and I agree w with much of what you've said. But then there's this also the argument that, um, that they're perhaps trying to have it both ways. Yeah. They want people to come to camp for four nights in a field somewhere. They're going to need a tent. They're going to need a sleeping bag. They're going to need clothes four days they're going to need various types of clothes if they're going to a, a greenfield festival in the middle of the uk in summer because the weather can be so unpredictable um at that point then it becomes very difficult 
to carry all of that stuff on a bus for or sure. a train or put it in a taxi. So they're wanting people to turn up and buy tickets for their festival and pay 200 pounds to camp for the weekend, but then try and say to them, yeah, we want you to do all of that, but would you mind coming on the bus with it? Yeah. Um, that, that there is that paradox between what they're asking people to do and what realistically people need to do to be able to come to that event. And do we think that, that, that the ideas need to be worked on as to how that could happen? Um, and a bit sure. more joined up thinking between those two elements. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, from a personal perspective, I, I think that, uh, well, <laughs> um, rightly or wrongly, last summer was a pretty amazing summer in, in, yep. in the UK, right? So much sunshine. Um, and uh, like, for, for me, I'd rather go to a, a, a Greenfield Festival in the UK than, than fly abroad to a, to, to a beach resort or whatever. And, um, you know, if that's going to be your holiday for the summertime, then brilliant. Um, what I would say from, from how we would kind of uh, look to um, go and uh, kind of maybe work with the festival world to, to really raise that awareness. It, it goes back to that um, that point that I made at the start, where you actually really have the ability to get the ear of people when they are standing in front of the pyramid stage. They're relaxed. They're in the sunshine, and you can then say a pretty serious message through a clever piece of communications. Mm which can actually knock on effect outside of the, outside of the festival grounds. And um, uh, we are humans. We like to be, t we don't like to be told what to, what, what to kind of uh, do, but if it's portrayed to you in the right way, you can really, really have a, that long uh, standing impact. And um, I would say that yes, festivals have got problems like uh, in terms of they've got that, paradox between oh you're asking people to come to something but then you're saying that you're the most eco brand in, in in the country but so do businesses uh, and and everything has got an impact yeah and um uh i think that it, it if we merge what we do for our clients at the moment we do a lot of social media communications uh talking about pretty serious things but in a quite light-hearted and fun way now people who come back from work um, uh, and they're sitting in front of TV um, uh, and they're kind of scrolling the endless feed on social media. They aren't there to be sold to or preached to about, um, let's be frank, quite serious problems. Mm -hmm. um, they need to be engaged in a, in a much more creative and um, uh, digestible way. And, and it's the exact same thing with festivals, right? Um, I, I would say that um, Boomtown last year, which I, was, which I attended, um, they hit the nail on the head in terms of communications within, within festival grounds, um, where on the Sunday night um, in, in the mass grand finale uh, of the event, I'm not sure if you've been to Boomtown yourself, but the production is, is, is pretty amazing. Um, and um, yeah, kind of all bells and whistles production. And throughout the whole festival ground, they had a finale, um, a unified finale, which is a kind of 15 minute uh, video performance, um, lighting performance, uh, uh, music performance. And basically um, what they did is they went through this story, they went through this journey and at the crux, 
they talked about how many tents were left the year before, how much waste they used that year. And then they announced the theme of what's this year's festival, uh, which is um, around future cities and, and sustainable cities and, and how the world basically very quickly needs to change. Mm-hmm. And they did that in such a creative form that, I mean, as a creative myself, I was like, wow, they've really ticked all boxes here. Sure. Um, but before any festival can talk about sustainability, they've really got to... Um, show that they're taking it seriously. And there are a range of different organizations out there from from consultants to um, organizations uh, that that offer pledges, um, Powerful Thinking uh, based in Bristol, that they've got the Festival Vision 2025 um, pledge. And uh, that was based off the back of of the uh, 2015 Paris Climate Talks. And and a lot of festival goers and, and actually a lot of event producers aren't going to have gone into the depths of, of what that uh, climate talk was. They're not going to know what an IPCC report necessarily is. Mm. Um, but this pledge, it, it um, advocates for festivals to basically say that they're going to do something and they give them various tools to help them um, at least start the journey of, of the traceability of um, how much energy and waste and water that they're using um, uh, to give them tips in how to reduce, say, their single-use plastic. Um, and uh, and then you've kind of got organisations which are, are more kind of consultants who work on a one-on-one basis with uh, festivals to advise them beforehand and, and then look at doing reports post-event as well. And I'm a massive uh, believer that there's no point in saying something uh, until you really are sure that it's going to happen, right? So uh, let's look at Fire Festival again. They've gone out there. They've said this is what's going to happen. Uh, they've had a great salesman who, who said that it's it's going to be you know the world's best event, and then they couldn't deliver on it. Now, the backlash of that has been, you know. It's, been the worst thing possible for any event right yeah but if you're going to do this in an events perspective like uh no matter if you've been putting recycling bins out for the last 10 years at your events no matter if you are looking at the, the five r's which is the, the and promoting and advocating this five r's nature which is uh, refuse reduce reuse recycle and then rock rock stands for composting mm. no, no matter if you're doing all of these elements without actually having a level of uh, measurement Mm-hmm. I think that it's really hard to get the ear of people to say that you're actually taking it seriously. And in the nature of uh, promotion, which often happens through social media, it can just be a, a series of um, comments underneath you saying, right, we cut our waste by X uh, this year. Great. W- what else did you do? You know, like I saw that you were still um, uh, generating various stages of diesel. Like that comment there suddenly eliminates what you're talking about over here and without having a rounded plan which is done through professionals um uh you can't necessarily do communications in the best way and this is something that we work with clients with quite often is this kind of scenario planning to make sure that uh, if you say you're going to do something you actually are doing it and if you're not doing it well let's not communicate it just yet let's work with you so that you do do that and then let's talk about it in, in creative forms um 
But yeah, I mean, video is powerful right now for, for, for us. I, I would say that documenting events, the behind yeah. the scenes events, people aren't going to be seeing the, the solar grids, which are in a different field because it takes up space within a festival. They aren't going to see the efforts that you're doing before and after events to clean up the events. But by documenting it in video, suddenly you've got a, a narrative to yeah. be able to show people that you're actually doing it. And then having a, a platform within a website um, or like a media hub, which people can find out more, is what I would recommend is the next step that um, people who, who really want to take events seriously from a sustainability perspective do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, what's your opinion on it? Have you, well, have you I, 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 I think that, that to sort of put it in a nutshell, if you can call it that, there's a, there was a huge turning point and an obvious reference in David Attenborough's Blue Planet. It took 30 seconds of footage of plastic floating in the ocean to really kickstart a massive debate. Mm. It, was, it was like something that people knew was there, but it just took that 30 seconds of footage in that one program being seen by millions and millions of people that suddenly opened the discussion floodgates and people realized exactly what was happening. And I saw that as a, as a turning point. It might seem like a bit of a cliche to, to reference that, but it was an obvious turning point because yeah. It was so simple and it got to so many people so quickly. And it, and it does seem to me that there's been more coverage about that topic in the media since that one bit of footage and that one program was aired and you had that one no, uh, noted and well thought of and respected advocate for that way of thinking and that we need to change. And um, just using that then and tying that in with what you were saying about video about capturing things like that you think about the infrastructure of production that is at every festival now i don't know a single festival big small medium whatever that doesn't have some sort of video screen there some sort of screen that's showing messages showing live camera footage showing graphics that are part of the band's production package Um, they have the means to communicate visual messages to people en masse to huge audiences Um, they have those captive audiences in fields, in venues, wherever they may be. Um, and and I, I agree with you completely. Why not oh, document, sure. it, document yeah, it, put I, it up there? You've got the means to convey it. Well, yeah, I mean, you've kind of got, you've got Glastonbury that's been doing it for, for, for years. You've got festivals all around the world that have been doing it for years. And, and there's been green fields at festivals for, for um, yeah, I mean, ever since I've started going to festivals, I'm pretty young, but like um, uh, you've, got people who have been doing uh, talks on sustainability now you've got the opportunity to really engage people through that creative sense um, yeah. uh, I, I've, I've been to, to countless festivals where they're now kind of implement and not just festivals events in general where they're using VR to have that real experiential aspect um, actually I, I'm pretty sure uh, last year at Glastonbury they even had a David Attenborough experience which is through VR that, that you were just mentioning but um, uh, yeah, there's a, a uh, stat which was um, from the guys at Powerful Thinking, um, and they are teamed up uh, with an organization called Judy's Bicycle, I think based yep. in London. Um, and um, uh, they basically, they did um, various reporting and they said that um, you know, nearly 50% or, or I think 50% of people on the dot said that they would pay more in a increased ticket price um, uh, to reduce the kind of festivals 
environmental impact. Mm-hmm. Now that, that's great and I absolutely love that. And that's getting um, data, raw data from people at events um, and, and probably through a multitude of different events as well. Um, and, and off the back of that, they also did a stat which said that 43% of those audiences said that they would have changed uh, their behavior as kind of as a result of green initiatives that have been um, uh, perhaps discovered at festivals. Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and that merge is, is really, really awesome for me to see. Like uh, it's now figuring out how that, um, uh, that those green initiatives can be even more advanced and, and more kind of grown upon year on year. Um, we've obviously talked about video in there, but before you talk about just making a video, that video has got to be um, in a way which projects the message in the best possible way. And so um, uh, it can really mirror, uh, we're, we're kind of, we, we've focused quite heavily on video production and viral and, and, and we, go into every video campaign and production that we do thinking about the end result on social media and and figuring out um that feeling before we even start the planning phase because um uh people's attention spans are exceptionally short and they're getting shorter and as i say if you've got a festival you've got people standing in a field watching videos or seeing signs or or listening to people speak They've got to be really engaging for them to give them attention because there's so many things going on at festivals. Um, uh, you know, still, fortunately, a lot of festivals you can't get social media to scroll through, which is what happens uh, in different events uh, when people shut off um, or while you're watching on TV. Um, you can simply just scroll past. But I'd love to see festivals um, using artists more to show their principles like influencer marketing works we, we all know this and and um it's it's actually been working for years and years and years but it's really gotten to the spotlight as, as a core marketing um route for for brands but if you've got a headliner who in their contract to play a certain festival their contract stated that they had to carbon offset their travel. They were to look at how many flights, journeys they took throughout their touring year and the festival gave them a route to carbon offset. They had a load of information on um, why festivals use home compostable cups. They, they actually, I'm not sure if you know much about composting, because um, it's quite a big thing at the moment. I don't want to tangent too much, but the difference between home composting and industrial composting is very, very different. And it's very, very confused. But um, uh, basically, if, if, you, uh, uh, if you have something that says that it's compostable, a lot of the time it's industrial compostable. And, and in the UK, the nearest industrial composter um, is in Germany for example. So right. that's not that great, right? You can't just chuck it in a, in a hedge and it's going to degrade in eight months. Um, home compostable, you can do that. Yeah. And that difference there, people don't know about that. So imagine if you had um, a headliner of a festival who was filmed even at the event, you can turn around videos very, very quickly, uh, filmed at an event being like, this is a home compostable cup. This is a industrial compostable item. You probably don't know the difference to, to this because um, uh, I didn't 
you know, 10 minutes ago until the festival actually educated me on this. They had a specific team educating influencers and festival goes on sustainability, a really consumable and easy and digestible way filmed that and they played that before the gig that everybody's waiting for them to see because everybody in that audience are there to see that specific person they're fans of those people and if they suddenly came just before, you know 10 minutes before the event and and dave grohl from the Foo fighters pops up and says this really fun quirky way because often most of uh, high level uh, musicians and entertainers are media trained they'd be able to do it in a really like uh kind of conversational style it's not too like preachy um and suddenly you actually got the ear of people and and as i've said a few times in this podcast like outside of the festival grounds is really where it matters in my opinion like and that's where you can really inspire people for change but um for for festivals in general because i know there's um event organizers who listen to this this podcast the majority definitely checking out the the, the likes of julie's bicycle and and the festival vision 2025 um uh i I would i'd say that that is probably the best place to start um once you have that once you really um have a team who gets the reasons why you're taking sustainability seriously then you can start talking about how you're going to communicate it um in a creative way We've been um, we've been talking on today's podcast to Joss Ford. Joss is the CEO of Envirola, a comms agency based in Bristol, about the, the subject of sustainability, but particularly how uh, the the message of sustainability is communicated by festivals to their own audiences and, and what they could be doing, what they should be doing, what they have done, um, and various uh, topics to, to 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 talk about as a result of today's podcast. I'm sure, um, Joss, if if any of our followers want to get in touch directly with you guys, I know you've referenced a couple of other organisations that. Yeah. That, that, that could offer some support and guidance on this but if they want to speak to you directly how do people find Enviral? Yeah so I mean we're, we're, we're all over the shop because we're a social media agency so you can certainly find us um, on Facebook and uh, on Instagram it's go underscore Enviral um, but probably the best place to, to find us is just heading over to our website at enviral.co.uk um, and yeah, we're, we're really wanting to just speak and understand uh, the events world in general. So I'd absolutely love um, some, some contact from anybody who listens to this podcast. You can email me directly at joss at enviral.co.uk. Um, and I'd love to, to kind of know more about um, any concerns that event organizers have in their, their communication strategies when it comes to sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, bounce some ideas. Absolutely. Um, I think that that would be an awesome thing to have at the end of this, actually, to be fair. It's been fascinating. And, uh, and I think just, just looking ahead, we, we're now sitting right at the end of February when we're recording today's podcast. Mm-hmm. Likely that it will be published some point in early March. But what would be great is maybe on later on in the year, at the end of the 2019 festival season, if we can call it that, um, maybe uh, look at, at some of the examples. It would be great to, to maybe uh, look, look at some, uh, some examples of what people are doing later yeah. on this year and, uh, and see how things are changing you know, year to year within the industry. Josh, thanks very much for for joining the podcast today it's been great to have you on the show thanks so much james really appreciate it
if you're watching the video version of this podcast on eventindustrynews.com, don't forget to head over to your favorite podcast platform. All of the podcasts are available as audio downloads, so you can reference back for months and months and listen back to some of the, uh, the previous episodes that we've done. If you are listening to this as the audio version of the podcast, head over to eventindustrynews.com where you can watch videos of all our podcasts and uh, see for yourselves the guests that we've got on here uh, and on the show. But for now, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Thanks once again to Joss Ford from Enviral. My name's James Dixon. We'll see you on the next episode of the Event Industry News Podcast. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.